Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know about a special holiday giveaway I'm doing during the month of December. In partnership with Shambhala Publications, which is based right here in Boulder, Colorado, we together are giving away two card oracle decks. So they have sent me one of these decks and it is gorgeous. It's called the Wild and Sacred Feminine Deck. And it includes 52 beautifully illustrated cards, as well as a guidebook. So each card depicts some aspect of the sacred feminine. For instance, there are images of the wild feminine showing animal totems, the elemental feminine associating various landscapes with different qualities like river and surrender, and the archetypal feminine with different archetypes and qualities like priestess and intuition. So this deck is so gorgeous that it could go on a coffee table, it could go on your altar or in your practice space, on your nightstand. It's really a wonderful resource to support you in your own journey. So if you'd like to be entered to win one of these two decks, here's how. First, you can leave a rating and a comment on this podcast. So to do that, just go to the purple iTunes app on your phone or Google it on your computer and look up the podcast, Truth, Love, and Beauty. Scroll to the bottom of the podcast page and there you'll see a link to leave a review. 
So click that link and leave a review. And the second step is to go to my Instagram page, which is just my name, Sarah Avon Stover, and leave a comment under the post for this episode. So again, the first step is to leave an iTunes rating and review. And second step is to leave a comment on the Instagram post for this podcast during the month of December. I'll announce the two winners in January, and then they will be mailed this beautiful wild and sacred feminine deck. It's just a wonderful holiday gift for yourself and a nice resource to have to start the new year. Hi, I'm Sarah Avon Stover, host of Truth love, and beauty. I'm an author, internal family systems practitioner, and teacher of women's yoga, meditation, and spirituality, who's built a long career since the early 2000s to be exact, in supporting women to cultivate greater psycho-spiritual wholeness and, in turn, to come home to themselves. My dedication to women and to the upliftment of the feminine at large has been a lifelong one, From growing up as the second oldest of four sisters in a Connecticut suburb of New York City, to studying at an Ivy League all-women's college, all the way up to today. And the very things I support women with mirror the struggles that I've had. Things like doubting, pushing, perfecting, hating, and yes, at times, even hurting myself. Yet, I've found, and I have a sense that because you're here, you have too, that these very wounds and pain points can become openings for profound healing, growth, and spiritual insight. I created this podcast in service of honoring just this, this sacred healing journey that we women are on. It was born out of my own desire to hear Dharma talks, which are what the Buddhist tradition calls wisdom teachings through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. Here, I'll share these very talks, along with rich conversations with leading thinkers and luminaries about all facets of the feminine spiritual journey. Plus, this podcast highlights three of the core values we must embrace on the feminine path, truth, love, and beauty values which we all need more of during this tumultuous time in history. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. How is it December already? Time for the second to last podcast of the year. Wow. And I know that this time of year, this season can kick up all sorts of things. So I hope that today's conversation can serve as a a soft landing place amidst whatever this holiday season, this end of year time brings up for you. If you've been here for a while, you will know that over the past couple of years, I've shared several episodes here that are specifically about internal family systems or IFS, which is a transformative evidence-based psychotherapeutic model That is also a paradigm for living an inspiration-led rather than a fear-led life. And IFS has become a central feature of my life, both personally and professionally, over the past years. 
Today's episode falls into this category of being very IFS specific because as I support more and more women with IFS, both in one-on-one and group work, one of the most common questions that I get is, how do I stay connected with this work? How do I stay connected with my parts in between sessions? And in response to this, one of the books that I most often recommend to help with this is written by today's guest. Michelle Glass is a certified level three IFS practitioner, as well as an alternative counselor based in Eugene, Oregon, with 18 years of IFS experience. And Michelle has accumulated over 380 hours of direct study with Dr. Richard Schwartz, the founder of IFS. She herself has used IFS to heal from a childhood of abuse and complex PTSD. We speak about her her story some in today's conversation, and she also writes about it more in depth in her book. So she developed and authored Daily Parts Meditation Practice, a journey of embodied integration for clients and therapists which has become a valued method of deep embodiment of the IFS model and healing integration. DPMP, which stands for Daily Parts Meditation Practice, contains six tools of integration, two of which are available in her online store in both English and Spanish. These tools of integration can now be found also within the IFS-based app, called Center. It's spelled S-E-N-T-U-R. We speak more about that app in this episode as well. And this month, December 2022, Michelle will receive a certificate in psychedelic assisted therapy from Naropa Institute here in Boulder, Colorado, and MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. And I am a big fan of merging IFS with psychedelics. It's just in my own personal life has been a very powerful tool for healing. Michelle gives workshops on the DPMP online and across the globe and is now offering comprehensive IFS introductory trainings for medicine workers. In addition, she served as the editor for Outlook, the foundation for self-leadership's magazine for seven years. And you can learn more about Michelle online at thelistenerllc.com. In today's conversation, Michelle and I speak about her own personal journey with IFS and how that supported her to heal from childhood abuse and complex PTSD. We explore the ways that a daily parts meditation practice can support all of us in our own healing journeys. And given that I am also an author myself, I'm always curious about how the writing process is for other people. So Michelle talks about her process of writing this book, as well as another one that she's working on right now. And she also leads us through an in-depth parts meditation, which I know many of you will want to bookmark and return to practicing with again and again. So if you are curious about IFS, if you are wanting to learn some potent and practical tools to connect with the various parts of yourself more regularly, if you are needing an infusion of some new wisdom and inspiration into your healing journey, my conversation with Michelle will give you all of these. Enjoy. All right. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, I'm glad that, that you can be here with us. I've been admiring your work from afar and we'll be diving into that, I know, today in our conversation. But to start us out, we always begin with a personal check-in. So I'd love for you to let us know where you're joining us from today and also how you're doing at the levels of body, heart, and mind. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm joining you from Eugene, Oregon, and it's a grateful day to have some um, rain finally after many months of very drought um, summers. So that's where I'm joining you from. And um, on the my, on the levels of mind, body, and heart, you said? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll start with the body. I'm um, coming off of having a sinus infection, so my body's still recovering and feeling a little low energy, um, but much stronger in the last day or two. And um, checking in with my heart. Yeah, it feels, um, feels really happy and joyous and connected. I um, did a one of my morning meditations earlier today and my parts are feeling really connected and that uh, leaves more space in in my being so to speak so that's feeling good and then what was the other one um mind hmm. just feeling some calm and also kind of a little bit in the background some like creative wheels spinning of different things I need to get done and want to get done. So that's kind of churning on a low level in the background, but in the foreground, it's pretty calm and eager to connect here with you today and our listeners. Mm. So Michelle, I know you through the internal family systems community, IFS, and, um, and some of my audience is familiar with IFS because I speak about it here quite a bit and it's a significant part of the work that I share now. But I also love hearing how others, how others uh, define or introduce IFS. So I'd, I'd love for mm -hmm. you to just share what is IFS for those of us who are, for those who are listening who are not familiar with it yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of um, IFS intro workshops recently. So there's the introducing the model and there's also just talking about what it is. So I think I want to go with kind of what it is for me. What it, um, yeah, for me, IFS is a really gentle way of really getting to know yourselves deeply. Um, it's a really gentle tool to kind of peel back layers and know who we are at our core and what kind of motivates us. Um, it's also a very deeply transformative um, and healing modality. Um, and I know that that's the way IFS began as a healing therapeutic tool, um, but it's also really evolved more into being um, a way of life, a way of being when you're connecting and noticing your parts. And um, I would say over time residing more and more in yourself. Um, but it can also be a spiritual tool to um, help us with our awakening process, if you will, for those of us that are 
of the spiritual mind. Um, I know some are not, which I want to make clear too that IFS does not mean you have to be a spiritual person because I know some people are agnostic or atheist and that's okay too within the IFS framework. But um, for me, it's very much a spiritual um, tool as well. So that's kind of the way I frame IFS is like what it is in general. But then of course there's kind of didactic pieces, which I don't know that we need to get into unless you want to, but around self and parts, but yeah. That's yeah. That's a good just overview. And I appreciate those, like those two distinctions of just the broader thing of how it, of how IFS helps us to really peel away the layers of who we are and so what a potent uh, healing tool it is. Yeah. And I know it's, it's been that for you. I mean, it's been both of those things for you. And you've had, from what I've read in your book, you've had quite a journey with IFS, um, first as a client and now as a certified IFS practitioner. So Michelle, can you take us back to what was happening in your life when you first started with IFS? Like, how did you discover it? And what were those early months and years like for you? Mm, good questions. Um, yeah, when I first learned about IFS, I had been um, seeing my counselor at the time already for three years. Um, I was in Hakomi therapy. And I had sought her out because I was having a lot of um, flashbacks, intrusive flashbacks and PTSD symptoms. Um, and my system was really fearful. Um, for many years of diving into therapy because I thought I'd be labeled crazy um, just because of the way my, what I know now is the way my um, system was operating or presenting. I had very little access to self and so it just felt pretty chaotic inside. Um, so I opted to choose somebody who couldn't put a label on me. Um, and in working with her, you know, the Hakomi was helpful in ways It kind of gave some um, some tools, I guess, for how to work with when the flashbacks happened. But it wasn't like the thing that was really working. And one day she did IFS with me. And I remember that day distinctly. And at the end of the session, I just said, I need to know what you did today because it was so different. And that's, I can tell that that's what my, what I need. And she um, had just come back from an IFS training or workshop. And um, I went home immediately to learn all I could about it. And then ended up going down to Esalen to be with Dick at a workshop for the first time. Um, and what was different about that particular session that, that my counselor did with me was really um, helping more with the unblending process. Like she had mentioned over the years, you know, you're not this, you know, part of you that you think you are, that's whatever might be presenting at the particular day. You know, there's something much deeper inside of you that can really hold and be with all this. And I was like, parts of me wasn't jiving with it. I was like, no, that sounds like Sybil. You know, I'm, I'm crazy if I believe in that. 
but um it was a, just a gentle way of really um being with my system that my parts softened back enough that I could actually feel that and that, then, that was true that that you were more than, yeah yes. yeah because being highly blended in a part that's like oh my god if I have parts I'm crazy there was no room for touching into myself but and I can't I'd have to go back and look at some of my journal entries about that particular day but something about I think probably now knowing IFS because I'm a practitioner um probably really did some direct access with that part so it would soften back but once there was that space I was like oh yeah there is something here like yeah I'm beginning to feel myself so um it was just a, a big pivotal piece and so I went to Esalen um one of the uh, PAs down there did a two and a half hour session with me and unburdened my first part and I came home from that workshop and I told my counselor I, I want to do twice a week I want 90 minutes each and I just really wanted to do the work and really get to know each of these parts and, and help them unburden and so that's kind of the beginning pieces of all that and how I found IFS yeah I acknowledge your just your dedication to just noticing the, the shift in your system and then going after it so consistently because that, that is what it takes is that that consistency that commitment to show up for our parts to learn about them and just to just to gain more and more access to the deeper layers of our system and ourself yeah yeah and just to speak for how hard that is when we're highly blended and when parts don't want to unblend it's it's almost like a catch-22 in those times of like the parts grasping and holding on and not giving space and then once there's enough space to go oh there's something much stronger and deeper here that can hold all of this so yeah and what did what did that feel like for you when when you when you started to gain access to that self energy and started to realize there's something more here than just these parts that I'm identified with. Uh, initially it was still touch and go. I have to say, um, you know, parts of me would still think I might be crazy or people would think I was crazy. Um, but just the more time I had in getting to know individual parts in session and to unburden them, um, sometimes i use this analogy of like a window with a really tight um, screen the screens you know that are on the windows and not much can pass through that except for air right and when i was highly blended and highly burdened not much could go through there but as i unblended and unburdened more and more those little tiny squares got bigger and bigger and bigger until finally as my system unburdened um mostly you know there's a lot of space in there that that things could pass through um and so i guess i use that metaphor as just like this felt sense of space opening up inside or lightness also being able to come through this the system or the window so to speak it just felt lighter and lighter and lighter with each unburdening um yeah 
I think this would be a good time just to define a few of the terms like parts, self, unburdening, just in just as simply as possible. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, self is that deep place inside of us that's um, undamaged and can never be damaged um, because uh, I'm a spiritual person. To me, that that can also be likened to like a spark of the divine, one kind of drop of God inside of all of this. So this place inside that can really hold pretty much everything. There's like nothing too much for self. Our parts on the other end kind of make up our personality and hold all of our stories and experiences of our lives. So they're the the parts that hold um, either our trauma, those would be the exiles, the parts that hold the pain of our experiences, or our protective system parts, um, managers and firefighters. Um, those are protectors who do their best to try to make sure that that pain either doesn't come through or when it does to help soothe it in some ways. Um, so I think just on the <clears throat> very simple level is exiles holding the pain and protectors helping to soothe or prevent pain. But then unblending, um, one of my favorite metaphors is the sun in the clouds. So self being the sun, it's always present. It's always out there in the universe. And so is self and our parts could be likened to clouds or the weather that come and overlay the sun sometimes. And it can come in all kinds of forms, really small, thin clouds to very thick, heavy um, th thunderstorms. And those, um, when they blend in, obscure the sun. And when we unblend, those parts move away from the sun and the sun is shining. It falls along a continuum, so we're not always just perfectly in self or always fully blended in parts. It goes back and forth across a spectrum. Hope that's going to be helpful for listeners who might be new. It's kind of I, a whirlwind yeah. there. Yes. But it is, uh, when we spell it out, it is simple. And it is it is things that we understand. And like you said, like being person in the spiritual path there, there's things that cross over into ifs and but speaking of spiritual you know spirituality and spiritual path what what is your spiritual orientation mm -hmm. um i i want to start with saying at the beginning of my ifs journey and beginning of my um therapy to begin with i was very much an atheist and agnostic person I had parts that really um, were angry, I think, about my circumstances in life and so didn't believe in, in God or the possibility of that. Um, but as I went through my IFS unburdenings, I just became much more spiritual along the way. I'm pretty eclectic spiritually. Um, I do like Buddhism a lot. Um, I like pretty much many religions, so to speak. I'm not a religious person, but I find a lot of the tenets um, in most religions to be true or hold some meaning to me. So I'm pretty eclectic spiritually. Um, and 
for me, the whole process of unburdening and unblending with my parts just opened that space for it to naturally emerge, if you will, as parts unburdened. And I want to take a short break from today's conversation to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like you reached a point in your healing journey where you plateaued, got stuck, or didn't know how to move forward? Maybe it's a behavior you're engaging in, one you know is unhealthy and you want to stop, yet no matter how much willpower you bring to it, nothing seems to shift. Or if things do shift for a short period, they eventually shift back, making you feel like you're stuck in a painful cycle. Or maybe something challenging happened to you in the near or distant past that you know you haven't fully resolved. You have fears about doing that and also wonder how or where you'll find the time and or resources to do that. In my work as an internal family systems practitioner, I support hundreds of women who are experiencing these exact things. So much so that I felt inspired to compile a resource guide for any of you who might find yourself in similar places. So this free 10-page guide spells out the seven core obstacles we women face on our healing journeys, as well as the next steps to overcome them. Yes, it's totally free, and you can download it at womensyogateachertraining.com forward slash seven obstacles, and that's the number seven, not the word seven. So womensyogateachertraining.com forward slash seven obstacles. I hope and trust you'll recognize yourself in there and gain some new perspective and encouragement to find your next right step. So enjoy, and now back to today's conversation. And so you're sharing the beginning of your IFS journey. How long has it been from there to where you are now? Um, Yeah, Uh, it's 18 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. significant. It is. Um, I'm I'm trying to write my healing memoir, and that's been on and off the burner for ten years. And um, I, so I know my my official date of IFS entry, so to speak. And yeah, so it's eighteen years, and it's been a beautiful process. And what stage are you at in writing your healing memoir? It's still very much at the beginning. Um, In 2020, I had uh, curtailed many clients so that I could just dedicate more time for that. But then um, with the pandemic and everything with that, it was a little challenging to do. Um, And only recently have I begun to to get right back into the writing. So it's pretty much at the beginning. I know, excuse my voice with my coming off of my sinus infection. Um, I've got <clears throat> got my scaffolding. I've, I have over 4,000 pages of journal entries to go back to for, um, I have a part uh, who likes to have, have exact pieces in there. So, you know, he wants, this part of me wants some exact um, representation. So, yeah. And you have a first book out, Daily Parts Meditation. And just from reading that book, I understand it came out of your own desire to stay connected with your parts in between 
your one-on-one sessions. And actually that's one of the questions that I get the most from my own clients within one-on-ones and groups is what do I do between now and the next time that we meet? Like, what do I do with these parts now that we met them or unburden them? Uh, can you speak to why it's important to, to cultivate these relationships with our parts in between sessions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was definitely a mutual desire on my parts and my myself's desire for that connection. Um, and to be honest, there was one part of me specifically who said, you know, if we're going to stop therapy again, we need you to stay in contact. So that's how it began. But um, as far as why it's important, um, what I've noticed for myself and what I'm seeing now with clients is, you know, first it really helps to build that um, the trust of the parts in self when we're showing up daily with them. Um, and of course that fosters that self-depart relationship, um, connecting with them, uh, helping them to remember that they're, that they're not going to be forgotten again. You know, they once were forgotten or maybe several times have been forgotten. Um, and when I say that, it's more of knowing that there are other parts who have prevented connect- connection, at least for me. Well, and some of my clients, I know that too. There might be parts that say, oh, we don't have time to connect with parts today. So it's not so much self has forgotten them, but they feel forgotten. Um, and having a regular connection with our parts off also helps them with um, unblending, right? So they get to unblend and as a result, they identify less as self because some parts think that they're self. And so when we're in connection with our parts regularly, um, they begin to identify less as self. They're seeing themselves differently um, than the core self. And it's also just a really um, good practice of embodiment. As we really take up more space, we being ourself takes up more space in our physical being. Um, We're really embodying um, we feel more, much more embodied is what I'll say. Um, we have much more space in our bodies for that. And that essentially kind of feeds back to the beginning of, you know, parts, um, trusting self to lead. So it's almost like a feedback loop where the parts build trust and then they disidentify as self. They trust self to lead. We're more embodied. Um, and it's just a, for me, it's been a very um, good feedback loop. Uh, yeah. Self, it's re, what's the word? Um, <clears throat> reinforcing. Reinforcing. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how was the process of writing and creating this first book for you? Mm, well, honestly, I had not ever intended to write that book. Um, it began when I was preparing to go back to Esalen again, which I had done many times. And my therapist um, really highly suggested that I show Dick my parts pendants, um, which you'll see on the back of my wall there and that are in the book, and show him my parts map and all of that um, because she thought he would really appreciate it. And I had parts that are like, eh, no, nah, I'm not going to bother Dick. You know, <laughs> he's busy. 
Um, but I did. And he immediately said, come sit down and tell me all about this. And um, I shared with him what the parts map was and the parts catalog cards and the parts externalizations. And he said, I want you to present this at the conference. And um, that really scared a lot of parts at that <laughs> particular moment because I had not done public speaking for probably at that point 20 years since college. Um, but because Dick found something useful in it, I thought, well, I might, might as well do this. So I went home and um, just began kind of writing what I thought would be like a 30 page little manual that I could give to participants at the workshop. Um, and as I began writing, it was very clear. It was like, this is more than 30 pages. This is a book. And um, I had, I think at that time, it was five or six months um, be between when I was accepted for the conference and the conference happening. And I knew I couldn't get a publisher in time, so I had to go the self-publish route. And um, looked into all of that and decided, okay, that's what I'll do. Um, but it was a process at the time I was working, I think four days a week with probably 16 or 18 clients a week. And um, on the weekends and on off hours was writing. So it was like 80, 90 hour weeks to get that book done. Yeah. Wow. And you wrote it within the, that several month window before the conference? Yeah. In fact, um, I got my proof, what they call a proof copy. I got that about um, three weeks before the conference and just in enough time to order the copies to be sent to um, Rhode Island. So it was like just in the nick of time to get it done. That was the first edition. Um, at the time, Dick was um, preparing to meet with the Dalai Lama that year, so he couldn't give me my foreword. So I knew I'd be doing a second edition. And so this book that's out now is the second edition um, because it has got Dick's foreword and I think nine lead, ther lead therapists, um, or lead trainers, sorry, um, endorsements in it and wanted to have all of that in it as well, so. And can you share with us an example of uh, like a daily parts meditation or practice to just get to know our parts, stay connected with our parts. And for those who are doing this work, either one-on-one -on -one or with a group, just something that, that, that people can try at home. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I was anticipating that. So I was thinking about doing this with a kind of a wide range of people who are either new or people who might have parts that are already unburdened. So I'm going to try something a little unique today with that. Great. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and um, I don't know, is it okay for it to be about a 15-minute meditation? Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you're invited to follow along too. Great. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably close my eyes just because it helps me to stay in, in touch. So what I'm going to first invite people to do even before, even before closing your eyes or <clears throat> softening your gaze is just to, for new people to this, um, I'll just invite you to think of a feeling or a thought that you might have been having through this um, podcast so far. Maybe you're beginning to notice what a part might be. Mm 
So maybe just notice one of those feelings or thoughts. And for those who are familiar with IFS, maybe choose a part of yourself who you know. And if perchance you have a part that's already been unburdened and you haven't been in contact with them for a while, I would encourage you to select that part or one of those parts. So I'm just going to give people just a moment to kind of select a part or a feeling or a thought. And when you have that, just let that part know that you'll be with them in a minute, but just they can stay nearby for a moment. And I'll just now begin to invite you to close your eyes or soften your gaze. And for those that breath is useful, you can take a few slow breaths in and out. And I'd like you just to invite all of your parts, known and unknown, to gather around you. And for those that are new to IFS or this concept, just inviting all of your thoughts or feelings to be around you. And just taking a moment to notice who's showing up or what's showing up. And as you notice them there, some might be closer in to you than others. Maybe you are feeling the feelings or thinking the thoughts. But just begin to gently ask or invite your parts to take a step back, not to go anywhere, but just to be near you, giving you a little bit of space. And sometimes the paradox reminder that the more space they give you, the more they can, the more you can be with them helps them to know that. So just letting them know that this more space they can give you, the more you can be with all of them. And you might just see if there are some still lingering, blended a lot, just seeing what they might need to give you a little bit of space. And if they can't, that's okay. You can just stay with that part or that feeling of thought. Just get to know that. 
But if you do feel like you've got some space inside that your parts have given you some room, and you feel you're in your self, our self energy more, those qualities of calm and connection, curiosity, courage, confidence, if you feel in that space, even to some degrees, just sending out that self-energy towards your whole system. Letting them know you're here with them. You might just take a moment just to feel yourself present here in this moment, embodied in yourself, in your self-energy. Noticing what it feels like in your body. And if it feels right, you can also just make a connection to the bigger self. Self as a source or God or however you conceive of that, if that applies to you. I'm just feeling that connection. And I'm now going to invite you to locate that part that you chose at the beginning. And just invite that part to come be near you. And make some sort of connection with that part of you. For those that are new, that feeling or thought. And just invite them to share with you what they want you to know, feel, sense, or remember. And as this part shares with you, if you're getting what they're sharing with you, just letting them know 
that you do get it. And if not, just invite them to share more. And if you are getting it, just checking with them to see if they feel like you're getting what they're sharing with you. Do they feel like you're really getting this? And maybe taking one more minute just to invite them to share anything else they want you to get today. And again, if you're getting that, to just let them know that you are really getting them. You're here with them. You feel, see, remember, sense, whatever it is that they're sharing. And just letting them know that this isn't their only opportunity to be with you. That if you choose to do your own meditation practice with your parts, that they'll have more opportunities with you. Or that you might be able to take this to your therapy with your IFS practitioner or therapist. And for those of you who chose a part that's been unburdened already, just taking a moment to Remember the ways that this part showed up for you. The ways its actions or beliefs helped get you through some of your life.
And you might also remember a piece of unburdening that they did. Maybe remembering what they gave it up to, one of the elements, the beliefs and burdens they once held that are now gone. And likewise, taking a moment to remember their returned qualities that came in after their unburdenings. And you might thank them for being the unique aspect of you that they are. Thanking them for trusting you. And maybe even letting them know that you love them. And then just gently finding a way to say goodbye to this part for now. Letting it know that they can come and have time with you anytime they need. It's best done when they come to you directly and with space. And then just taking a moment again to feel yourself here embodied in this present moment with all your parts gathered around you. And again, sharing yourself, your self-energy connection with your whole system. All of your parts known and unknown. And you can let each of your parts know that they can have the same experience that this one part had today. If you decide to adopt a practice like this, creating your own unique daily parts meditation practice, to have this connection with you. And then just thanking them for giving you the space for the meditation and for any parts that were unable to give space today, that's completely fine. Maybe you got to learn something about some of the concerns or what they might have needed. Letting those parts know that they're important and that you can potentially bring their concerns to your therapist or practitioner.
And then just gently saying goodbye to the whole system inside. Letting them know that you're always available. And then in your own timing, very slowly, maybe beginning to move your body around a little bit or take some deeper breaths to begin to slowly shift from the internal world out into your room, your space that you're in, into our shared space here with Sarah and I. I'm just taking a moment to arrive. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, I appreciated doing that myself. Um, I noticed initially a strong manager part, kind of like managing the podcast, you know, and just like just having like not wanting to to let go and drop into it. And I just allowed that allowed that part to be here and to do what it was doing, and then. I just, at some point it just softened back because then I was fully in it and able to be with one of my parts that was unburdened several months ago that shortly after that I moved into a new home and I've got out of the rhythm of connecting with, with that one. And so it was good just to reconnect with, with her and she was really grateful that I did. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm always curious, um, how was that for her to have kind of some remembrances of her unburdenings? Was that kind of there for her? It was, yes. And also, I think it was helpful for her and me just to feel how shifted she is now and how even though we haven't been in close contact, I feel like we have at a certain level. and. Just how, and that now she's now she's living in my home with me now. You know that was part of the the retrieval of her, and just just feeling how comfortable she is. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, wonderful. That reminds me of when I've moved home over the years through my IFS journeys and my parts that that were retrieved to the house that I was in. Um, I was conscious of making sure they moved with mm, me. So to speak. That's a good point. Yeah. It's one of those things that, oh, one would probably never think about, but um, parts can be like, wait, you left me at that other house. I'm right. You no, know, I, I want to be here at this new place too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. that's a really good point. So is this, is this a kind of parts meditation that you do every day or that you recommend doing every day? Um, some variation of it. Yeah. Um, so the daily parts meditation practice, um, meditation piece evolved when I was at a point of wanting to, or being ready to leave my second big chunk of therapy. And so I had a bunch of unburdened parts. And, um, so I say that because the DPMP, began with connecting with already unburdened parts in the system. And 
my mp3 of meditations contains many different kinds of meditations so this was kind of um, a unique kind of blending of many of those meditations because i invited people who are new to just get to know a part just spending some of that time getting to know it but then for people who've already been through unburdening to be able to welcome in that um, celebration piece of remembering the unburdened piece so um it's kind of a it's a yes and everything kind of question like wherever your parts are at on the journey i think all of my meditations start in this way of kind of in, inviting everyone to gather around and giving space so that they can witness what's happening with each part and feeling the self energy and then if it's you know we're at the beginning of our process and we're just getting to know parts then great let's be with the part maybe we were in therapy with this week and seeing what else they want us to witness and get if that's possible without other parts um jumping in um and then of course i always i my my system's so um so much of an advocate for staying in connection post un, unburdening because parts are we don't get rid of them they're always there they're very important especially when they've unburdened they've got these great qualities that infuse our life that we have these abilities with so to stay in contact with them is really helpful and what would you say to someone listening right now who is new to this new new news concepts new to this work or maybe has been considering stepping into it maybe even as a result of this conversation but has doubts as to whether or not this can really help them with what they're, whatever they're facing or whatever parts they're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I would say that's totally welcome. Um, and that's not uncommon, I think for, for there to be skeptical or doubting parts of us. Um, and if it feels like that's not a part of me that I'm just skeptical and doubting, that's welcome too. you know, maybe you've done many, types of therapies before and it hasn't got you to the place where you want to be or something just didn't work so you're like well why would this be any different um you know with ifs we really want to honor our protectors so i would see the doubt and the skeptic skeptical parts as you know a protection which is there for reasons good reasons and we just want to get to know that um so just honoring that that there's a reason for the skeptic um or the doubt and knowing that ifs is um different than any other therapy in that one we really honor all parts but two that there's this deeper place inside of us that we're we've been speaking to this self place inside of us that can really hold everything and once we are in touch with that then there's nothing we can't um, tend to or resolve or heal so perhaps people haven't been in touch with that yet Um, maybe that's scary or maybe it's doubtful that's that's in there Um, you know i dick's my primary teacher dick um, schwartz the founder of ifs and he's not met anybody who hasn't he's not been able to help locate their self so it's it's within all of us And Michelle, I know before we went live, you were talking about a, a new, new-ish app that is available. 
mm-hmm. that helps us to connect with our parts. Do you want to speak more to that? Yeah, yeah. Um, the app is called Center. It's spelled S-E-N-T-U-R. Um, it's an IFS-inspired app um, that's very integrous to the model. We really hold all the tenants of the model very um, highly with respect. Um, and it, they um, collaborated with me about a year ago to bring my DPMP tools into it. So um, there's some of my meditations in there. Um, mapping system will be evolved into my mapping system uh, as well at some point. But um, so, so several of my tools are in there, but all of these um, tools, whether they're mine or other people's within center, helps us to either unblend from our parts. There's a, um, a walkthrough to help you unblend if you're highly blended in the moment. Um, it helps you to, to catalog your parts. Maybe you've got a new trailhead and you're just beginning to see what parts are involved. You can map them out and really um, deeply get to know each of the parts that are involved in that and then um, stay in contact with them through a what I've called the daily, um, what do I call it? The yeah, daily post-unburdening maintenance check-in. So once a part has un- unburdened in therapy, we have that about 30-day process of checking in with the part. So there's a specific um, one of my meditations in there to begin doing what people got to experience a little bit today in our meditation with. And then once that's complete, they can roll over into a regular DPMP um, of all your different unburdened parts can get cataloged in there and stay in regular connection with them. And then, you know, we didn't go through the six different tools of the DPMP, but one of them is parts externalizations. And you can have um, images of your parts in there to represent them as well. So it's just chock full of things and it's getting fuller and fuller with even more great things to help with your IFS process. It sounds like a great resource. Yeah, Um, and I'll say you can do a free 30-day trial um, before committing to the annual membership, but um, even at the annual membership, I think of $54, um, that's like less than half of a therapy session to be able to have that for the year, yeah. And Michelle, in addition to these daily parts meditation practices that you do, working with your own clients, writing your healing memoir. What are some other things that you do on a daily basis that you feel really sustain you and nourish you? Mm. Yeah, I like that. Um, Well, sleep is a big thing for me. So if I get good sleep, then I'm already set up for my day. Um, I, I always start my day with my daily parts meditation practice and that, between sleep and the DPMP meditation, which I do on a walk, so I get my exercise in with it, um, really kind of build the foundation for my day. Um, I also um, connect every day, twice a day, with um, my learnings or teachings I've received out of my own psychedelic journeys that I've done. Um, I know how important it is to 
to do integration work with with whatever comes from those um, psychedelic assisted therapy journeys. So I I consciously connect in with each day one different piece of whatever I've learned on my journeys, um, and part of that um, is also a practice of um, connecting with the I would say the plant spirit. Um, I I received a special um, Pusanga um, perfume, if you will, that's got all the medicine um, teachings in it from um, an ayahuasca, several ayahuasca journeys down in Peru. Um, and so I was instructed to connect with that every day. So I do that twice a day. Um, I was married two years ago, and so connection with my husband, we speak about parts all the time and acknowledge each other's parts is super helpful for both of us. Um, eating organic, vegetarian, lots of water, nature, um, staying in touch with good family and friends. Those are things that really, they're like the glue, if you will, of my day. Um, and as I'm sitting here saying this, I'm hearing my parts in the background going, and the biggest one is <laughs> my DPMP. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I'm hearing that they want to emphasize how important that is, just that unblending process and trust in myself. So that's really the biggest piece. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, re- I relate, to, relate to all of those that you shared. I'm a huge fan of sleep. and. Um, yeah, it's the daily process of checking in with parts and and unblending when when certain parts are just taking over and needing some attention, needing and also needing just to create more space inside. And my partner is also an IFS practitioner, and it's it is really helpful for a relationship yeah. to be able to relate to each other and our parts at that level, even just to use the language of mm-hmm. our parts. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the more we know our systems really well, um, like Dick, I'm an advocate for the personhood of our parts, meaning, you know, these parts of us are real beings inside of us. We were real. We're real. So they're just little pieces, parts of us. Um, when we know exactly who it is that's blending in the moment or needing our attention, just like our little kids, um, it, it makes life so much easier. And then when our partners happen to know who they are as well, they could be like, Hey, I, I see that little so-and-so is here. Or I know that Henry, my perfectionist part is here scrubbing away at the dishes, you know, and to be able to acknowledge this with each other is super helpful. And um, yeah, it feels really good. I'm glad that you have that as well. And also, I appreciate you sharing how you do your daily parts meditation while you're going for a walk. Mm-hmm. And assuming a lot of my clients also struggle with finding the time to, to do things. Mm-hmm. And so even just that layering that you can do that while you're exercising or, uh, you know, just find to find ways that make it work for you mm-hmm. in your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. In my workshops, I teach a little bit about that, like, what are the different things you need to think about when creating a daily practice? Um, 
you know, if you're sick or if you've got in-laws in town or if you're traveling, how are you going to do that? Or if it's just simply your busy days, um, I'm a big advocate advocate for even if it's two minutes in the shower (laughs) while you're washing your hair, you can connect with your parts. Or if you're driving somewhere, if it's not busy traffic, of course, you can still check in. Yeah. One of my favorite times to do it is when I'm in bed, either like those, those minutes before I really wake up and get out of bed or when I'm getting in bed and just turn out the lights and before I go to sleep is just in those quiet moments, checking in and getting Mm -hmm. present with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And what is your current growing edge? Well, um, because it's so important to my system, the, writing this memoir is, even though it's been on the front and back burner for 10 years, it's like the most pressing thing. So it feels like um, it's this hurdle that if I can do this and get it done in the way I want to do it, it's great, you know, but there's there's some little bits of things that need to be um tended to in that process it's it's way different than writing the dpmp because it's very emotional going back and reading through you know these blended periods of time and the healing deep healing so there's so a lot of self-care that goes in with that um but the other kind of growth edge is I'm um, stepping into psychedelic assisted therapy. Um, next month, I'll graduate from Naropa's um, University for Psychedelic Assisted Therapy um, and the MAPS training. So I'll have those kind of trainings under my belt. I've been beginning to do some ketamine therapy with um, one client and I, because I live in Oregon, psilocybin will be legal next year, and hopefully we'll be able to embark upon um, offering those services. So, new frontiers. Exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you have a goal for when you want to finish your memoir, or is it kind of fluid right now? Yeah. Um, it's... It's funny as I hear that because I've put different deadlines on my desire to have a certain date and that's always come and gone. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not putting the date on there anymore. It's, um, I realized that I had been kind of doing it in fits and starts or kind of like sprints and this is much more like a marathon. So I, I know where the goal line is and it's, um, just going to be a process of just letting it happen. Don't know if I'll finish first, second, or third, so to speak, <laughs> as far as like other runners doing their marathon. Totally yeah. Like it's gonna just take what it takes. Um, but I've been able to begin again um, in the last month or two, and that feels good. Do you have a specific writing practice that that you do? Um, right now, it's. Um, it's interesting. I, I ended up taking a, a memoir course and I didn't know this when I first started, started writing is you can't really put dialogue in there. Um, and so I'm now recrafting the places that had a bunch of dialogue between either me and my therapist or me and a family member and just making it all my own. 
So it's a, it's a lot of just rewriting at the current moment. Um, and yeah, I've got three different computers that my memoir is on. So I'm trying to, to find the right one that feels better for my hands. So, mm. yeah. I didn't know that about dialogue and memoir. I did That's because I'm actually, I'm working on a new book right now and it, it's not a memoir, but it has, it has some memoir sections of it, of each mm -hmm. chapter. And there's definitely dialogue in there. So I don't know. Yeah. It, I learned it can get really tricky that way because I mean, either you're going to have to ask for permission for it. This is exactly the way they remember it too. Right. And the person who, who I took the course from said, um, just remember, this is your memoir. This is the way you remember it. And it's your truth. And it may be different for whoever else was in there. That's why we can't really say this is the things they said, even though we may think that that's exactly what they said. But so, yeah, that was a definitely a big, oh my gosh, you know, I have to rewrite 50 pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Michelle, how can listeners learn more about you and your work? Yeah, my website is thelistenerllc.com. Um, so you can go there. If you go there, you can um, register in my uh, for my uh, email blast that I get, my uh, mailing list. And then on Facebook, I, um, you can find me at Daily Parts Meditation. It's IFS Daily Parts Meditation Practice. There's a public group for anybody. If you have the book, um, you can join the private group. And then um, I'm on Instagram. I only got on Instagram this year because of the center um, public publicity. And I don't remember my Instagram handle, but I can send you that and maybe it can be in the notes. Yeah, I can put that in the show notes. Yeah. I'm I'm very new to Instagram, still trying to wrestle with how that works, but um I've got some presence there. Um and yeah, if you if you enlist in my late mailing list, then you'll get to know when um either workshops or new things are coming out from my work. Um I should mention that my book came out um in Spanish about two weeks ago. So if there are any Spanish speakers or um, people who might benefit from the Spanish version, that's now available as well. Oh, good to know. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It's nice to have that ripple going out to more and more people. Hey, well, it's been a pleasure to have you here today, Michelle, and you're inspiring me to get even more robust in my Parts, daily parts meditation practice. Wonderful. That's great. Yeah, I can, I can tell that part of you is eager to connect and saw some benefit. So there's others waiting inside too. And um, I hope our listeners also felt some connection with that too. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit. And um, thanks for the invitation. Thank you for being here today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be very grateful if you could take a moment to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. That is the best way to support me in continuing on with this podcast and also to support other women in finding this, other women who may find this beneficial for their own lives. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. 
And if you're not already signed up for my newsletter, Monthly Insights, which I've been sending out now for almost 20 years, I welcome you to join me and a community of like-hearted women from around the world there. You can subscribe at my website, sarahavonstover.com. Until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support.